welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And Lord, as we move on into your word tonight, we just pray that the glory of the Lord would be able to happen in a stronger degree, manifest to a greater degree in our church services starting tonight. Father, we're open to all the gifts of the Spirit. We're open to demonstrations of the Holy Spirit. We're open to any manifestations that you want to perform in this church service tonight so people can be delivered, set free, built up, helped in the highest level. We thank you, Lord, for the preaching of the Word, but we also thank you for demonstrations of the power of God in this service in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So in Ephesians chapter 3, let's read it out of King James first, verse 21, then we'll go to the New Life Translation. And um, I'm going to read this and we'll, we'll tell you again what the title is in just a minute. So Paul's finishing up a prayer here. He says, unto God be glory in the church. Can you say that with me? Glory in the church. Glory in the church. Say that again. Glory in the church. Glory in the church. Now, we are the church, and we're in church tonight, and we should be expecting glory in the church. All right? And that simply means God manifesting himself in power to help people supernaturally. So let's look at that out of the New Life Translation. In Ephesians 3.21, the New Life Translation says, May we see his shining greatness in the church. That's a good prayer. Would you pray that with me right now? Just say this with me. Father, Father, we pray pray that we may see see your shining greatness greatness in the church. church. Thank you for it, Lord. Now, God has been wanting to manifest himself more than his people have been letting him manifest himself. God loves his children. Now, One thing the Lord dealt with me about is I can want to see His glory as long as I don't need to see His glory to believe. I'm already a believer, whether I see or feel anything from this time forth to the rest of my life on this planet. Jesus is real. He's my Lord. I'm going to heaven. Whether I feel or see anything else from this point forward, I'm going to keep believing. But it's not wrong to want to see manifestations of your Father God in the earth before you get to heaven. And so we've been talking about what we can do to set the atmosphere so God's power can show up to a higher level and a higher degree in our church services. And we need to know what grieves the Holy Spirit and stops Him from being able to manifest so we can cut those things off and have nothing to do with them ever again. The Lord wants to manifest His presence in our local churches. And I think it's neat the way Ephesians 3.21 in the New Life Translation says it. May we see His shining greatness in the church. Now, I don't know if you know it or not, but when the glory of God and God is able to manifest Himself, when He manifests Himself is not when He came here. He's already here. Just like there's singers in the room right now. It's just they're not singing. They're not manifesting their gift. Well, God's here. He said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. When you come together, there's a stronger anointing of the Lord's presence. But do you realize when when God's glory is able to manifest more in our churches, do do you realize that 
people who have been struggling with addictions for decades are just free forever after that meeting. Something happens on the inside of them. They're delivered. They're set free. They have no more desire for certain things. They're 100% in a whole new world, a whole new realm. Do you realize people with terminal diseases who the world has no cure for, they just get healed in meetings like that? Nobody even has to pray for them. God does the ministering. The ministers are on their face, right? The priest couldn't stand to minister. And so God just started ministering personally to everybody. And let me tell you one thing that will help our meetings to get to that level. We've already talked about two or three things. Uh, one, one thing that will help us to get to that level of God's glory being able to manifest in our church services. You know, you, you get home from church and you go, wow, just like we just went to heaven for an hour. Is if we will come to church already filled with the Spirit ourselves. You know what I mean? You've been praying in tongues today. You've got some word breaks in. You've been able to feed on the word. Maybe you heard a good sermon or two or half a sermon or whatever. You're built up. You're stirred up. You confess scriptures on the way to church. And you're not going to church to get filled. You're going to church because you are filled and you want to overflow in the atmosphere so the Lord's glory can be more manifest. Um, so I want you to remember that. May we see a shining greatness in the church. Now look at um, Revelation chapter 3 again, verse 20. Revelation 3.20. God's glory is amazing. Anybody want to say amen to that? <laughs> God's manifested presence. See, right now, most of us are just believing that He's real. But there's times you feel He's real, you sense He's real, and you see He's real. That's powerful. And I think any child would love manifestations of their father. Any father would love to hang out with their children in this more intimate way. And I believe the Lord wants to do it. I think the devil hates the glory of God. He hates the anointing of God. It's what destroyed him in his works. And so when we start talking about the glory of the Lord manifesting in our church services, don't be surprised if you get all of a sudden real sleepy or real disinterested in the church service. Or thoughts start to wander and you start thinking about the hamburger you're going to eat after church. Or the movie you've been wanting to watch. Or the recorded program that you want to look at. The enemy hates the power of God because it totally messes up the devil's kingdom. Totally. When you start talking about the power of God, you watch how distractions try to increase at times in a church service. Watch how your attention will try to be diverted to somebody walking out or something. It's amazing when you start talking about the power of God, the enemy does his best to get your attention off of that. Because it's the power of God that paralyzed him. It's the power of God that caused demons to come out of people. It's the power of God that caused lepers to be cleansed. It's the power of God that causes people to be born again, delivered, set free. So I want to ask a question again, and Revelation 3.20 answers it. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and read the answer, and then we'll ask the question, how's that? <laughs> That's a cool test, huh? So in verse 20, Jesus said to the church, I believe it's the Laodicean church, He said at the church at Laodicea, Behold, church people, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. All right, so here's the question. 
When we're talking about the glory of God manifesting in our church services and the diamond-like cloud and the power of God and the healings and the glory and the deliverance, is it, is it, is it, God, manifest your glory? Or is it, church, open the door to it? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with saying, Lord, show us your glory. Moses did, and he got it. <laughs> he saw the glory of God. It had such an effect on him, he had to wear a veil over his face because the children of Israel couldn't look at him anymore because his face was just shining bright like some LED light or something. And so, but, but in, according to this scripture here, it's not just, well, let's just wait and see. Maybe one of these days the glory of God will come down in our church. That's not the picture we're seeing here. The picture here is he's standing at the door and knocking. And he's talking to a local church. He's saying, I'm, and he said, if you will open the door, I will manifest myself to you. So we've been talking about things we can do to open the door to more of his glory and presence. Let me just review a couple of those things. One of the main things, and turn to 2 Chronicles 5, and I'll, I'll show it to you here. One of the main things we need to be on guard for that will grieve the Spirit of God from manifesting is division, discord. You following me? Strife. Things that try to separate us as believers is a major hindrance to God being able to manifest Himself. In 2 Chronicles 5, you know, actually the Bible says where there's envying and strife, there's every evil work. Confusion in every evil work. It's like strife is like the manifest presence of the devil. Y'all know what strife is, right? It's friction between other people. It's, it's, it's discord. It's meanness. And the Bible says that atmosphere is an atmosphere where the devil is manifesting. Well, we don't want the devil to manifest. We want God to manifest, right? When God manifests, people get healed and delivered. When the devil manifests, people get sick and die. And the Bible says where there's envy and strife, there's confusion in every evil work. We should treat strife like we treat somebody trying to break in our house and hurt our kids. And I'm not talking about treating people in strife, roughly, but treating the behind the scenes. You know, in your prayer time, refusing to la lash out like they're lashing at you, just controlling your tongue and, and just, you know, the Bible says, well, actually, you know this, it takes two to strive. Right? I mean, I, I remember I watched a boxing match and there's only one guy in the ring. It takes two, right? Well, what if you decide to bow out? then it's like turning off a faucet. The water stops. So, one of the big, big, big keys to seeing more glory manifested in our church is we need to love each other more. Second Chronicles 5, it says in verse uh, 11, they're dedicating the temple that Solomon just built for the Lord. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, for all the priests that were present were sanctified, and they did not then wait by course. Also the Levites which were, and the singers and all them of Asaph, Heman, and Jeduthun with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them 120 priests sounding with trumpets. It came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one. 
They were in unity. And they were primarily in unity in the area of praising the Lord. Nobody was drifting. Nobody was you know, thinking about what they're going to do after the service. They were all in one accord, in one place. And it says right here what happened. It says they were all in one accord to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever, that then the house that they were gathered in was filled with a cloud. How many like the clouds on the outside, the sky? Aren't they beautiful at times? How many would like to see a cloud on the inside? Now this cloud here is not a cumulonimbus. It is like diamonds that make up a cloud. It's sparkly. It's amazing. It's the glory, Shekinah glory of the Lord. And it said, it said that then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests, or we could say pastors and leaders, could not stand to minister. They fell out under the power of God by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. That's one way the glory of God is manifested in the earth realm. If you were in that meeting, you would have saw it, and you would have felt it, and probably would have heard something too. In the upper room, they heard a sound of a rushing mighty wind. That was a manifestation of God in the earth realm. Um, if you remember when the disciples were praying, it said they got done praying and the place that they were assembled shook. That's the glory of God. That's the power of God in demonstration. It's interesting, you know, we, we think, wow, look at those people in the prayer line. They must really be getting a, a dose of help from the Lord, man. They're just shaking like a leaf. Wait till the building starts shaking. If you think that's interesting. It says in Acts chapter 4 that when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke the word of God with boldness. Paul and Silas were in jail praising God for deliverance, praising God for the, you know, the uh, opportunity to suffer for the Lord, but they knew they were getting out of it. They had a job to do. They were worshiping the Lord, feet fast in stocks. They were bleeding. Backs were bleeding. They were praising God in the middle of jail in the midnight hour of their life. And the Bible says there was a great earthquake. Manifestation of the glory of God. The power of God shook the jail. And it said it was an interesting earthquake because it, it caused everybody who had chains on to be loosed immediately. Their bands and chains fell off. That's the glory of the Lord. What were they doing just before that happened? It said they were praying and singing praises. And it was such a deal that the prisoners heard them and then there was a great earthquake and they all got set free because they were in there for preaching the gospel. They shouldn't have been in there, but they were in there for preaching the gospel. They all got set free. Glory of God manifested. Sound of a rushing mighty wind from heaven is the glory of God manifesting. These are meetings we're supposed to be happening. We're part of the same church. Do you understand? We're a part of the same church. These things are in the Bible to excite us what we can have in our day. We've got to strip this crazy world junk off of us, guys. I am telling you, we have got to watch out about our senses being dulled and our spirits being dulled and yielding to this abnormal tiredness stuff. You know, I'm going to just give you a good piece of advice here as a pastor. Are you ready for this? There's too many people too tired today. They're, they're, they're too tired. They get to church and they're too tired. They, 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 they're just people too tired. I know, I, I've, I've had to fight sleep before in church. I have had to. It's, it's you know, yep. 
I mean, Keith Morris preaching. I remember, because sometimes you're out of town, you're doing all this stuff, you've been flying all day or whatever. But let me tell you something you need to do regularly as a believer. You ready? Call yourself strong in Jesus' name. What does the Bible say in the book of Joel? Let the weak say, I am strong. You need to say that when you feel weak because you need to be strong at times to do the will of God. And the Bible says in the book of Daniel, in the last days, Satan goes about to wear out the saints of the Most High. Say this, devil, devil. you're not going to wear me out. Now, you can't just violate natural laws left and right and expect to have all this strength. Hopefully you're getting more than three or four hours sleep every night and not watching movies all night or surfing the internet all night. I encourage all of our people, especially the Ministry of Helps here in the church, to guard your Saturday nights and, and, and guard your Wednesdays. Watch out about being high, and, and even Tuesday night. Making sure you get enough sleep. There's been times I haven't got enough sleep and the mercy of God had to help me because I didn't deserve it. I said, Lord, I need some strength. i got to go minister at church. And then the Lord says, well, you stayed up a little late the other night, you know. Well, yeah, I did, but um, can you have mercy on me? He said, I'll have mercy on you, but get your act together, son. You can't be doing this all the time. Mercy's not just to get, make you, you know, kick back and, you know, take advantage of grace and all. No. You have to watch out about violating natural laws. There's some people that if you... Actually, people need to be listening to the Holy Spirit concerning their diet. Because did you just read the book of Proverbs with us a couple days ago? Very first verse. Or second verse. You know what it said? The curse causeless shall not come. There is a reason and a cause of problems in our life. You have to go back to the source, find out what they are if you want to be permanently free. Out of God's great mercy and grace, at times you'll come forward in a prayer line or a minister will pray for you, somebody will pray for you, or you may even pray for yourself, and you get healed. But if there's something in your lifestyle that caused the problem in the first place, He's going to talk to you about that. So listen to Him. I don't know how many times I've received help from the Lord by just getting wisdom in certain natural areas where I was realizing I was violating some natural laws or out of sync with some natural laws. And the Lord said, I'll heal you, I'll help you, but if you want to stay free, you better watch out about these laws you've been violating, you know, natural health laws. You have to have enough common sense to eat right. <laughs> I'm not talking about being a health food nut, although I think health food is great. But you can go too far. And... If you want to, I know personally in my life, I've had to talk to myself and say, John, you're strong. Strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I let, the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. I say, I'm strong. I'm strong in Jesus' name. I'm strong. And then I say, the Lord is my strength. He's the strength of my life. The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. The Lord is my strength. And then you know what I do? I don't check my feelings to see if it worked. Because it usually doesn't feel like it worked for an hour or so, or half hour, or how, whatever, 20 minutes. You have to stay in faith and say, it's working. While you're feeling like taking a nap, you know, just when you're supposed to be doing something for the Lord. But you know what, I've done it even recently, a couple times. And I slipped a little from doing this in the past, but I've done it a couple times recently. The strength of God came on the scene. I was like ready to go for a marathon or something. And just an hour before, I was like thinking, I need to take a four hour nap here. So I, you, need to, you need to call yourself strong. The Bible says, let the weak say, I'm strong. 
We'll say, that's a lie. No, it's obeying God. You're not lying. You're just overriding a fact with the truth. And God is able to help you when you do that. So, one of the things we talked about that is very vital to God's glory manifesting is we have to be in unity. Not, we all like the same color, or that's our favorite color, or my favorite this, or... But in the things of God, and staying out of strife, we have to be in unity for the glory of God to manifest. It's kind of like this. How many of you are happy when your parents, parents, how many parents are happy when their kids get along with each other? You kind of want to just approve of that by saying, hey, let's go get ice cream, guys. This is awesome. We got the family together. Everybody's happy. Let's, let's go out to dinner tonight. Let's, let's go eat. Let's go out. Let's, let's go see a movie. But how about when the kids are fighting and fussing and throwing stuff at each other, saying, I hate you. Do you feel like saying, oh, let's all go out for ice cream? God approves of His people when they take unity serious. He, he says, I like that. And He shows us that He likes that by manifesting Himself. It's powerful. Um, I really believe, personal testimony here from being in the ministry 30-some years, there's been a few times in our church where the glory of God fell in our church service most of the time while we were praising the Lord. During the praise service, the glory of God fell so strong. I mean, it's like the atmosphere just was like it was impossible to be afraid in that atmosphere. It was impossible to doubt. It's just the joy was, uh, um, you know, record, all record, time high. We, we looked at each other and I looked at other believers and we're like, wow, we talked about it after the service. There was something in those meetings that I looked back. You know what I saw in those meetings? I looked around and I saw people who came back to church for that service who had left offended. But they came back. And I remember a couple services specifically, I remember the people who came back. God loves it when His children are restored. I was thinking, man, if all these people who left church offended knew what they could be a part of if they just come back, you know, forget about the past or whatever, just move on with God, get back in your place. There's a move of... We could have such a powerful move of God if just the offended Christians come back to church, let alone winning anybody else to the Lord. <laughs> If just the offended people came back to church, we'd have a full auditorium today, tonight. Not only that, we'd see increased manifestations of the presence of God that we'd go, oh my gosh, why didn't we do this 10 years earlier? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we talked about unity. And remember what we said here? We found from the scriptures that division and strife grieves the Holy Spirit. It quenches the glory of God. It, it, God can't manifest in certain uh, places because of this strife and this division, this invisible thing going on, having ill will toward them and them having ill will toward them and talking bad about them. And It's hard for the Lord to manifest. And I, I've seen it in Scripture and I've seen it to a degree in Christianity that division quenches a move of God. But I also know unity quenches a move of the devil. 
that he's trying to do. You get a bunch of believers together, and you get a bunch of believers in unity, the devil can't do anything in that atmosphere. That's pretty good preaching there. Everybody say this, atmosphere matters. Y'all realize Jesus at times had to put people out because the atmosphere was not conducive to raising the 12-year-old girl from the dead. But as soon as he put out the hired mourners and musicians and all those people that are all negative, as soon as he put them out, he went in there and raised up a 12-year-old girl from the... Why did he put those people out? Because he needed to. It's the same reason Mark and Trina Hankins said when Trina was diagnosed with a brain tumor, they put a sign on the hospital door that said, if you're coming in here to see Trina, there's no unbelief allowed in this room. You will talk positive. You will talk the Word of God. You will praise the Lord for healing. We don't want to hear any, any unbelief at all in this room. And they forbade it. And she got healed. And she was delivered. The brain tumor disappeared. She left the hospital. She's fine today. That was many, 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 many years ago. Jesus one time took a blind man out of the city before he ministered to him. Must have been an interesting city with a weird atmosphere. But when he got him out there away from the atmosphere of the city, the man received his sight. He wasn't blind anymore. I was in a meeting not too long ago with Keith Moore. Um, actually, I was watching this one online, and they were, um, they were having their Thursday night uh, great offering night for the project the Lord had given them. And they turned Thursday night into an offering night. It's, just, it's wonderful, one of the greatest services you ever be in. Teachings about the offerings of, of the Lord. And, and then there's a receiving of an offering for a project. And right before he started ministering in that meeting, he said, now, if you're in this meeting here tonight, and there's you know, a thousand plus people there, if you're in this meeting tonight, and you have any problem with offerings, and you have any problem with preachers taking up offerings, you need to leave now. I've never heard him say anything like this before. He said, you need to go ahead and leave. He said, you don't want to be in a meeting where a holy offering is being taken up and have a weird attitude about it. It's not good for you. And he said, you know, you might as well just get up and leave at this time. And you think, wow, but you think he'd want people to stay so the offering would be greater and the offering would be bigger. There's times you want people to leave. And it's not, a, it's not a violation of love. It's just the atmosphere needs to be free from some things at times before God can show up and manifest. In that offering, I'm talking about maybe a, a, a thousand people, if even that, in that meeting that night. And so it wasn't a very large crowd. I mean, there was people watching online too and all that. But in that one meeting, they raised over $3 million for the project that the Lord had for them. One meeting. Sometimes you have to deal with atmosphere before you minister. Okay, I want you all to hear this. Sometimes you have to deal with atmosphere before you pray for someone. Come on, we're here to get results, right? We need to study these things and, and see how Jesus did it. He didn't just pray for everybody that had a need. You understand what I'm saying? He always looked to the Lord, the Father, for the leading of how to minister to this one because everybody's different. It's interesting how he would minister to blind people. Totally different. You'd think, wow, he got results spitting in the mud and putting the mud on his eyes. He should do that every time. No, that's how you, that's how you don't get results. Let's do it like we did it last time. How about you be led by the Spirit every time? Yeah. 
the Holy Spirit knows exactly where they're at, what they'd receive better at, and other things we don't need to know about. Just follow the leading of the Lord. So the Bible says in two places in the New Testament, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. No, listen closely. The glory of God manifesting, whether it's a shining cloud, whether it's a miracle, whether it's a healing, whether it's a sound of a rushing mighty wind, whether it's an earthquake and everybody gets set free or whatever. The glory of God manifesting is simply the Holy Spirit manifesting in the earth realm. The glory of God is manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Y'all know, know what I mean when I say manifestations? Showing forth. You know, there's an invisible spirit realm right now going on all around us concurrently. There's angels in that realm. There's demons in that realm, right? And, and, and the atmosphere that we set here allows things in that, in that realm access into this realm. That's why people that yield to the devil over and over and over again, they get some manifestations of demon powers. There's certain things you can do, certain ways you can think, certain attitudes you can have to actually open the door for the devil to manifest himself. You know what I mean? Show up in the physical. Step out of the spirit into the natural. Um, we, we want to let the Holy Spirit and the angels of God manifest in our services and in our lives. And um, that's, the devil's deathly afraid of that. So turn to John 11. And for the remaining time, I want to go over one thing here before we close. Let me tell you a couple things that will grieve the Holy Spirit. A couple things that will quench the glory of God from manifesting. How many want your Father to manifest in your church services? I mean, we're going to believe whether He does or not. But how many want to see Him? Or at least a part of Him? How many want to feel His presence so strong you can't stand up? Yeah. Or just, just tears just flowing yeah. of joy? How many of you want to, to experience the glory of God in an area of your life and whatever was wrong is just immediately made right? Yes. Brain, soul, liver, kidney, pancreas. How many would you like that? Eyes, perfect crystal clear vision. I mean, these things happen. We, we, need, to, we need to just... Expect and desire these things. Now, let me tell you a couple things that grieve the Holy Spirit before we go to John 11. Offense quenches the glory of God from manifesting. Offense is terrible. You all know what offense is? It's you allowing somebody to make you so upset that you start acting, thinking, and talking in a non-loving way about that person or that situation. Offense, you cannot receive from a pastor, you cannot receive from a ministry that you're offended at. So the devil's big job is to get you offended at the people God's put in your life to help you supernaturally. That's why you need to just like me, whether you like me or not. <laughs> I'm kidding. And, and I need to like you, whether I like you or not, right? Because we don't want to, we don't, we want to be good receivers of God's help through the people He's put in our life. You can't receive from a minister you're offended at. So the devil's trying to get you offended at your ministers, your leaders. He always tries to do that. I've seen it happen through the years. Um, strife will stop a move of God. Irreverence will quench the Holy Spirit from showing up in great power to help you supernaturally. Y'all know what irreverence is, right? 
irreverence is not treating the things of God with enough honor and respect. You know, I, we have to watch out about going to church like we'd go to a Broadway play or like we'd go to a movie theater or like we'd go to the mall. This is different. This is different. This is the things of God. Irreverence is one of the reasons the Holy Spirit has not been able to do everything He's been wanting to do in the church. Um, and that's a whole lesson in itself. Unbelief. That's bad stuff. Especially when you know better. Lying. Deception. Violations of love. Here's, here's one that people aren't, aren't on guard for, but it quenches the Holy Spirit all the time. They're too caught up with natural things. Worldly things. Not even bad things, just no God in it. You know, for something to be ungodly, it doesn't have to be bad. It just means you're not acknowledging God. Right. Like uncola, there's no cola in it. That's not bad drink, it's just there's no cola, right? Well, when there's no God, that, that's not good. Right? <laughs> right? Alright, so John chapter 11. Let's look here before we wind up. John chapter 11. Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. He's been dead for four days. And there's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful lesson here about how we can see more of the glory of God. And Like you, I'd say, well, I know that verse. Yeah, but we don't know it like we could know it. So let's keep reading. Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus, and his sisters, Lazarus' sisters are there. They're all con confused why the Lord didn't come earlier and heal him. And, and um, now he's dead, been dead for four days. His body's starting the decomposing process. And in verse 39, let's look at verse 39. Jesus said, Take you away the stone of the tomb. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinks, for he has been dead four days. And if you know anything about death or decomposing, it sets in around four days. Jesus said unto her, Martha, said I not unto you that if you would believe, you should see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me, and I know that you hear me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe you have sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. And Lazarus is raised from the dead. So Jesus said, Mary, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. Right? What was the glory of God in this situation? What was the manifestation of the power of God in this situation? We've seen the bright cloud, right? We've talked about the rushing mighty wind. We've talked about the earthquake. What was the, what was the glory of God in this situation? A man being raised from the dead and healed of whatever killed him in the first place. That's called the glory of God. How many want the glory of God manifested more in our church services? Because if the glory of God can raise somebody from the dead, it can knock cancer out of your body. If the glory of God can raise somebody from dead, it can fix your broken body. It, it can fix anything that anything in this world has done to your body or your soul or your mind or your, or your emotions. It can fix it. 
I mean, if, he, if the glory of God can raise the dead, your problem is a piece of cake. Right? Yeah, but pastor, it's a terminal disease. Well, death is kind of terminal. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I mean, we would say somebody dying is a terminal thing, right? Unless Jesus is there and he's here. So if the glory of God can raise Lazarus from the dead, it can fix you. Amen. You know, I figured if God created the human body, he can give you a brand new heart. How about how? By the power of God. Yeah. By the glory of God. If God made the entire body, why couldn't He not just heal your heart? Why couldn't He give you a brand new one? That's right. Now listen closely. Here's what we want to talk about for the last couple minutes. How, how does the glory of... How do we get to where we see more of the glory of God? According to this verse, verse 40. Huh? What, what can we do to see more of the power of God manifested in our church services? Go ahead and put it up there. 40, verse 40. <clears throat> Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto you, If you, there's those two words again, if you. If you would believe, you should see the glory of God. What if we're not seeing the glory of God? We're not believing like we could and should. Is that too simple? If we're not seeing the glory of God, we're not believing like we could and should. Oh, church, do you see this? If we believe, we're going to see more. Let me, let me tell you real quick here. Faith attracts the power of God. It's like a magnet. The power of God is looking for places to invade. It's here. It's around us 24-7. God's looking for open doors. The Spirit of God's looking for open doors. And there's some people that are pushing it away. And there's some people that are receiving it. Why can the power of God go into some services or some people? And why does it bounce off of other people? Yeah. Do you understand the power flows like electricity flows? There's certain things that conduct the power. There's certain things that carry the power. And there's certain things that insulate you from the power. Right? Like an a, a electrical charge, it can come down the line. If it hits rubber, it stops. If it hits a block of wood, it stops. But if it hits gold, silver, copper, look out. What do you want to be, the rubber, the wood, or the gold? How many want the power of God to not bounce off of you? Right. Come on, think about this. The woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5, she was hemorrhaging for 12 years. She came in the press behind, touched his garment. She said, for she said, if I touch but the Lord's garment, I shall be whole. And it says she touched his garment and she said, it said virtue or power went out of Jesus into her and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus said, who touched me? He didn't even know who touched her. He, he didn't initiate that healing. She did because power is present everywhere. And so, I thought it was interesting, it said, power flowed out of Jesus into her. Where does the, where does the power of God flow to? Faith. Faith. If you're in faith, if you're expecting and you're... In, now remember, God's the giver, we're the receivers. So when it's time to receive, don't be giving, just be receiving, right? Like, like two magnets, opposites attract, right? He's the giver, you're the receiver. But what if he put the two same, it pushes away? 
right? You want to you make sure when it's your time to receive help from the Lord, you're not like doing works or trying to give out. You need to be in the total receiving mode. Amen. Completely receiving mode. And if you need the power of God in your life, you need to be in faith for the power of God. When we're talking about the glory of God, we're also talking about the power of God to fix things the world has no cure for. The power of God. Paul talked about, he talked to the Corinthian Christians, he said, listen, I don't want your faith resting in the wisdom of man. Your faith needs to be standing in the power of God. You need to have faith in the power of God. Number one, in its existence. There's power of God present everywhere to get saved, healed, and delivered. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. I, where's the power? I'm not experiencing any power. Doesn't mean it's not here. Yeah. I said, doesn't mean it's not here. Electricity was in this world thousands of years before man discovered the laws that make it work. Yes. So they were doing without for thousands of years something that we're having to get to use every day of our life. Yeah. We've just discovered it. Mm-hmm. It didn't come on the scene when they discovered it. It's always been here. Power of God's here. We need to learn how to work with it. It says she touched the hem of his garment and power went out of Jesus into her and she was healed of that plague. Her hemorrhaging stopped. She's totally delivered. She felt in her body she was healed. And Jesus said, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Daughter, your faith has made you whole. You need to picture yourself a magnet to the power of God. You need to picture yourself. And faith, the power of God is looking for faith. Faith opens the door. You need to say, you know what, I'm a magnet for the power of God. Comes to me anytime I need it, and it works through me anytime somebody else needs it. The power of God, like electricity, can come to you and stop with you and do a wonderful work in your life. And it can also flow through you to other people and set them totally free from demons, darkness, addictions, fears, cancer, any disease, any bondage. The power of God can fix it. And like the woman with the issue of blood, she received it. Now the Bible says Jesus was being suffocated by so many people. One translation says smothered with people thronging him. Nobody getting anything. And this woman touches the hem of the garment. She gets a miracle. Mm -hmm. I guess those other people were probably insulators. Mm -hmm. We need to be conductors. Yes. We need to be conductors. We need to say, I'm a person of faith. And if I ever need help from God, it comes right into me. If somebody else needs help from God, it comes in me and through me. If we want to see the glory of God, we need to be believing for it. Yes. We're not spectators. We're not wonderers. We're not, well, I, I just don't, I don't know. That doesn't make sense. That's not logical. Yeah, you're not going to receive anything either. Sometimes you've got to put logic aside and say, I believe. I believe. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.